Life Opportunities is a series with professional shareholders. In each conversation, shareholders recall the paths they took to get to where they are today. Alright, so this is Aluticast episode 5, and today we are going to talk about our interviews. We each went out and interviewed somebody who has a career that we are interested in and just kind of picked their brain and recorded it. And I think we're going to put those out as individual episodes soon. So do you want to start, Isabel? Yeah. So I interviewed Natasha Hayden. She's an engineer who works for a Fognac. She's vice president of the lands of a Fognac. And it was a really interesting interview. I learned a lot about um, the projects she's working on. I learned about the difference uh, between different types of engineering and especially how different types of engineering play different roles roles in urban versus rural uh, communities. And yeah, I learned quite a bit. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I know she's super nice, mm -hmm. super smart, obviously. She's an engineer. Uh, I interviewed Aaron Shutt, who is the current president and CEO of Doyon Limited, which is a big native corporation up here. And he also uh, is a partial owner of the Anchorage Wolverines, who's the NAHL team that's coming up to Alaska next year, like a junior hockey team. Uh, so yeah, it was really cool. And then I interviewed my grandfather, Arnold Olson. Uh, turned out more of an autobiography that was summed up a bit. He went out for about an hour. From his life on Kodiak to being the president of a fog neck. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, some things that I'm glad I asked Natasha. Um, I asked her a little bit because she has a degree in civil engineering. However, she currently works uh, more as an environmental engineer. And so I asked her a little bit about the differences between those two. And um, yeah, just if there is one that she prefers. And I, I got a really interesting answer back of uh, that it, it depends on if you live in an urban or rural community. In rural communities, there's a higher need for environmental, uh, whereas in urban, there's a higher need for civil. So questions like that where I didn't really plan to have that question in there. It was just something that interested me and thought of in the moment more as a conversation than an interview. Those are the types of questions I was glad to have asked. Yeah, I... Uh... The one that I really liked uh, in my interview with Aaron is I asked him what he was most proud of in his career because, I mean, he's been a lawyer and then he's been working at Doyon for a long time. And he told me uh, that years ago he worked on a team of lawyers uh, for a tribe in Oregon who had to, like, fight to get their land back. I don't remember all of the specifics, but basically... They like lost the rights to their land, and then the Supreme Court ended up ruling in favor of them. So they were able to not only 
reopen the case, but actually win the case for the tribe, which like never happens. So that is like a one in a million chance of getting that actually won. That's really interesting. That's cool. As for me, um, somebody said I'm going to all the questions I ask because they're kind of like interconnected with each other. So it's just one big thing. So it wouldn't have mattered if I didn't ask the questions or not. It just would have gotten to those points anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, something I wish I asked would have been asking what interested her, Natasha, to get into engineering. Um, like what, what were the things that she did that, or what it is that she likes about it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I don't... I don't remember um, if I asked Aaron a question like that. I kind of my question was more of what he wish uh, somebody had told him or that he knew when he was our age, uh, going through school and stuff. But he had he had like three different paths he could go down um, as far as like grad school and being a lawyer, whatever his opportunities were, and. Uh, his advisor and his teachers and whatever just said like you have three good options just pick one so i don't know i wish i kind of elaborated more on that i guess um i just wish i asked more of why he did some things because that would have been nice to know um another thing would have been what were what if you hadn't done that what would you have, if you hadn't become the things you did what would you have done stuff like that um, something for future interns to ask, or just anybody who's going to be interviewing uh, professionals, is to like have a little bit of a plan when you go in. Make sure, yeah, make sure you have make sure you have a few questions written down. But ask what you are interested in. If it's not like on the list of questions you have, you can add it in in the moment and have a conversation with them. Yeah, I think it's good to think about it more of a conversation than an uh, interview mm -hmm. because, you know, if they agree to talk to you, they want to talk to you, um, which means they're enjoying it, I would imagine. Like, with me and Aaron, we kind of bounced all over the place. Uh, like, obviously, I had questions prepared that I asked him and stuff, but we kind of went off uh, onto these little side tangents. like. I asked him questions about what it was like to grow up in rural Alaska and stuff. So we kind of talked about traded stories from growing up up here and stuff like that. And I think it turned out really well. I don't know. Like I said earlier, I think so you should ask why they did things because that's what separates everyone from people from everyone else is why they did something. And that's probably the most important part that, to me, I guess. Okay. And also keep a watch out for the Alaska Native Heritage Center as they're going to be starting a podcast as well. Yeah, we went over to the Heritage Center this morning and had a meeting with them. They kind of showed us the studio and the setup they had and we were just kind of brainstormed with them about what they can talk about. Uh, they have a ton of employees over there and performers and stuff coming through all the time, so I'm sure they'll be putting out really good stuff. 
Yeah, it'll be really interesting to hear all the stories that they can tell and everything. They just, there's so much that they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their website is alaskanative.net. So go there, and I'm sure they'll make some sort of announcement about their podcast when it's up and running. And the benefit of their podcast is they have a high school intern program as well that runs year-round, whereas we only go in the summer, so I'm sure they'll be posting stuff Mm year-round. I don't know what their schedule is looking like yet, but it sounded like they wanted to post them fairly consistently. And they also have a wide range of people, because here we have the Afognak people. People are from Afognak and the shareholders. Um, But they have, there is one of the interns who is from South Dakota. They have a wide range of people with all different stories. Yeah, they have people from all over Alaska and all over 48. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll be neat. Uh... Oh, shoot, I messed it up. Just edit that out. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a cultural camp through a Fognac called Dig a Fognac. It's been around for 20-something years. Um, It's on a Fognac island where our people originally lived, and the village got wiped out in the 68 earthquake, and we have gone back and converted it into a summer cultural camp and spent my whole childhood going there for a few weeks every summer and when I turned 15 I was old enough to intern there which was a blast. Uh, I really enjoyed that even though it was hard work. Uh, but the thing about Big Fognac is it is very remote in in the middle of nowhere, no cell service or anything like that. And we also have these things called spruce wasps on a Fognac, which, if you've never heard of them, are probably a few inches long and sound like a plane <laughs> when they're flying by you. And one <clears throat> one night, uh, I was walking to the Banya, which is like a steam bath house, whatever, and I had two fly right at my face which really freaked me out because they're really loud and really mean so I like ran into the banya all scared and then you know once I finish up in there I've been working all day so I walked to the mess hall to grab a late night snack and I had my flashlight going so it's getting dark out and then a bat flew out of nowhere because it saw the light and dove right at my face and knocked my hat off and I don't know. I was I was pretty done with outside for the night after after those back to back incidents. Um, my family and I we were going for a walk on Kodiak, and we went uh, across the bridge onto Near Island. Yeah, Near Island, uh, and that's where because that year earlier in the month a bear had stopped a woman who was walking through there, and she. Uh, she had to like climb a tree to and wait until people came and we were, we didn't realize that it was the same one until we saw all these giant uh posters saying like like uh the that a bear has just been sighted here and that's 
if you're going to walk it, you need to be very vigilant. And we are all really reading this sign and a rabbit comes up behind us and breaks a stick and we all turn around incredibly scared that it was a bear and we just we went to a different spot to walk it was wasn't gonna work out there yeah alaska is weird that we have that much diversity where we have you know huge bears but then we also have i mean we have very few bugs but the ones we do have are pretty pretty mean and get kind of big especially mosquitoes and wasps i mean there's horses on kodiak mm -hmm. island um wild horses because i think there was and buffalo like mm -hmm. both got brought there because there used to be a bunch of ranchers uh that moved out there in the 50s but then once the earthquake hit um i mean they all got out because <laughs> it just like demolished all of the land over there so now there's like you know groups of horses and buffaloes living in kodiak now right alongside the bears which is pretty interesting how they all i guess i don't know if they get along but the horses are still there and the buffalo are still there with the bears so. yeah and elk got mm. imported there too yeah because we don't have deers in anchorage but Kodiak also doesn't really have moose. Yeah, there's no moose on Kodiak. Uh, there is an abundance of moose in Anchorage, though, and black bears. Last summer, uh, me and my family went fishing, and we came back. And the garage door was open because somebody was working on bait or cleaning the fish or something. Uh... And for whatever reason, nobody was in there. And then our dog started barking like crazy, nonstop, and really mean sounding, which was weird because he's, you know, the nicest dog ever. And you never hear him bark at all, let alone like that. And then my parents checked the ring, like security doorbell thing. And there was a huge black bear just wandering down our driveway, like heading towards the garage door. So I like <laughs> ran into the garage and shut the door really quick. Like that's scary because the door from the garage to the main uh, part of the house was open too. So it could have just like wandered right into our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family goes camping at Eklutna a lot. And Eklutna has, every time we go, there's always a black bear that wanders up to our site and smells around and then goes to the next <laughs> that's weird too because like brown bears grizzly bears whatever they're a lot bigger but they will leave you alone most of the time like if you're making noise or have a fire going or whatever you don't really have to worry about them do you have any bear stories um i went with my kids and my uncle on a uh, to I forget what lake in Kodiak we went, but we were like right up where the bears were and my dad was walking far behind us and we had already sat down to watch the bears and there's a bear being chased by another bear that ran like right past my dad and we were yelling at him so he knew what was coming. It was <laughs> funny but scary. Yeah, I don't know. Bears are cool, but I don't think I would go out of my way to watch them. It's <laughs> still pretty scary. I've never had any problems with them. Like, 
I've come across bears a lot, like camping or fishing or whatever, but they've never messed with us. Uh, so like I said earlier, most of the time it's like you leave them alone and they'll leave you alone. Unless it's like a sow and a cub, then you don't know what they're going to do, but you just stay very far away from those. <laughs> what about you, Bennett? Do you have any? Yeah, seen a bear in person. So, no. What about moose? I have a story, except for one time in a cross-country meet, there was a moose that blocked off part of the race, so like, <laughs> everyone behind me didn't finish in time. <laughs> I didn't get to see it though, because I was like, hey. I don't know, I've had two close runnings. I've never gotten into like any sort of car accident or an accident on a four-wheeler, but come very close twice. Uh, last summer, I was driving down the road in a pretty populated area, like a suburban area, and luckily it was a slow area. The speed limit was only like 35 or 40 or something, and then out of nowhere, a huge black bear just sprinted across the road. So I had to like slam on my brakes because I didn't see it at all. Because there was like a line of alders on the side of the street, and like if bears are running full speed, they get going pretty fast. Um, so that was a close call. And then just last month when I was in Kodiak, uh, me and my dad were driving our four-wheelers around out in Saltry, which is like a pretty remote area on Kodiak. And it's like really harsh terrain or whatever. But then I finally got to a flat part in an open field. Uh, so I got to relax a little bit. But once again, there was like a line of alders on the side of the road. So I couldn't see from there, and a deer sprinted, like, full speed right in front of me. And, I mean, it was probably from, like, me to the end of the table, so probably, like, six feet or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I live in, like, a, it's basically where I live right next to Kincaid Park, so there's a ton of moose all the time. And so that was like the bus route for elementary school was going through all those sections. And there was uh, quite a, like probably once to two times a week, we'd see a moose on the bus route and half the kids would yell moose and the other half would yell, we live here. We see one every week, sit back down. <laughs> so that would happen pretty much weekly. Everyone would, it was usually the youngest little like K through third grade that were very excited to see it. So. Yeah, there's a family of moose that hang out in my neighborhood. They like, like the mom had two kids. Or, I don't know, what's the word for baby? Calves. Calves, yeah, two calves. Like a couple years ago, but they still hang out. So like, yeah, like you said, probably about once a week, once every two weeks, I'll see at least one of them wandering around. Yeah, we had one just leave their baby in our one of our neighbors' yards, leave their calf. They came back. The people had to come and make sure that no one was trying to pet it or anything because it's just laying in a driveway. <laughs> <laughs> they always eat the um, Halloween pumpkins, the jack yeah, o' That's a big thing. I know. I like 
don't even know the last time I carved a jack-o'-lantern because my parents just gave up on trying to do them years ago because they don't last until after uh, Halloween. They get mm -hmm. eaten within a couple days. Mm -hmm. Or smashed by teens. Or they freeze. Mm. That too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Halloween as a whole is just not a good holiday for Alaska because you can't carve jack-o'-lanterns because they'll just get eaten by moose like right away. And there isn't really a point to wearing a costume because we always have snow on the ground by the time <laughs> Halloween rolls around. So you're like bundled up in full-on winter gear. So you're basically wearing like snow pants in a winter jacket mm -hmm. with like a mask on or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Little like wings or like cape or whatever under poking yeah, out. Poking out. <laughs> The Afognak Native Corporation is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of Afognak Native Corporation policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by the Afognak Native Corporation. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. The views and opinions expressed by Afognak Native Corporation employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of the Afognak Native Corporation or the board of directors. If you have any questions about the disclaimer, please contact podcast at afognak.com.